Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, April 10th. In today's news, both candidates declare victory in Israel, but it looks like Bibi will hold on. Betsy DeVos gets a big win in her war on affirmative action. And Steve Mnuchin admits the Treasury Department has been strategizing with the White House about how to respond to requests for the president's tax returns. But first, the big idea. President Trump's purge continues. Claire Grady, the acting Deputy Secretary of Homeland Security, was technically in line to take over from Kirsten Nielsen, who formally vacates her office today. But she's now been pushed out, too, so that Kevin McAleenan, the president's preferred pick, who currently runs customs, can take over tonight in an acting capacity. Trump's increasingly erratic behavior over the past 12 days, since he first threatened to seal the border in a series of tweets, has alarmed top Republicans, business officials, and foreign leaders. They fear that his emotional response might exacerbate problems at the border, harm the U.S. economy, and degrade our national security. The stretch has also revealed that a president who routinely blames spiking immigration numbers on others, past presidents, congressional Democrats, Mexican authorities, federal judges, human smugglers, is now coming to the realization that the problems are closer to home. Those aides have taken the fall, and it is unlikely that Trump will ever blame himself. He faces an existential political crisis ahead of his 2020 re-election bid over the prospect of failure on his top domestic priority. Some senior administration officials admit to us privately that they are concerned that Trump, under the influence of top policy advisor Stephen Miller, a longtime nativist, will hire only yes-men who will not stand up to the president, particularly a president whose orders have in many instances been blocked by federal courts. At Miller's urging, the White House is going to begin forcing immigrants seeking asylum at the border to do more to validate that they have a credible fear of returning home. Miller has pushed the president to put border agents in charge of the interview process for asylum seekers. He argues that these agents will be tougher than the asylum officers from the Citizenship and Immigration Services Division who are currently in charge. Miller hopes that these new officers will allow fewer immigrants to pass the initial screenings. Border Patrol insiders tell NBC News that agents are already overwhelmed by the situation at the border and asking them to conduct these interviews will become an additional burden. Amid the chaos, Trump insiders at the White House are also trying to come up with a revised version of the family separation policy that could pass political muster. Administration officials said last night that while a return to the previous family separation tactic known as zero tolerance is not in the works, the White House is considering what they're calling a binary choice policy, which would give parents the option of remaining in detention with their children or allowing children to be separated and placed with another caregiver. But many of the president's key allies on Capitol Hill, including Ron Johnson, the Republican from Wisconsin who chairs the Senate Homeland Security Committee, have expressed opposition to any return to a family separation policy, including this binary choice idea. Meanwhile, Senator Pat Roberts, the Republican from Kansas, said that the Senate would not be able to confirm fellow Kansas Republican Chris Kobach if Trump nominates him to lead DHS. Kobach, who lost the governor's race last year, is openly campaigning for the job, and he's been promoting himself on Fox News to try to get the president's attention. Roberts told the Kansas City Star yesterday, quote, don't go there. We can't confirm him, 
Over at the White House yesterday afternoon, Trump welcomed Egyptian President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi. Sitting next to al-Sisi, Trump delivered a diatribe against a court ruling earlier this week that blocked his efforts to force asylum seekers to wait in Mexico while their claims are considered. Nothing about Trump's rant was new. He didn't say anything substantively different than he has before, but it felt really discordant to watch him deliver it while seated next to Sisi, a leader who has presided over an authoritarian consolidation of power in Egypt. He has jailed opponents and allegedly approved of their torture. He's muzzled the press and silenced critics. He's expanded the power of the security forces. But Trump brushed aside a reporter's question about Sisi's blatant power grab and his disregard for human rights. In the Oval Office, the American president said, quote, I think he's doing a great job. He's a great president. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this hump day. Number one, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and his chief rival, Benny Gatz, both claimed victory in the close Israeli election, which has rendered no clear winner. However, partial results suggest that Netanyahu will continue holding on to power. As the night went on, with 97% of the ballots now counted, Israeli broadcasters reported that Likud, Netanyahu's party, and Gantz's blue and white party were tied with 35 seats each. Bibi called it, quote, an unbelievable tremendous victory. Over at his party, Gantz called it an historic day for Israel, saying, quote, in elections, there are winners and losers, and we are the winners. We won, and we will keep on winning. In coming days, Israeli President Ruven Rivlin will nominate the leader of the party with the majority of support to try to form a government. Rivlin will make this choice after consulting with the parties that have won seats in the Knesset to see who can cobble together the coalition that's strongest. A potential complication could arise if Gantz wins a plurality but doesn't have enough support from other parties to form a coalition. If Netanyahu returns to power, which is looking like he will, he'll become Israel's longest-serving prime minister. It's quite the feat, not least because he battled through a torrid political campaign under the looming shadow of indictment on corruption charges. Number two, bowing to pressure from the Trump administration, which is trying to end affirmative action in higher education. Texas Tech University has agreed to stop using race when considering applicants to its medical school. This action is the first of its kind under Education Secretary Betsy DeVos and signals a new aggressive approach that her office plans to take with other schools. Texas Tech said it was willing to sign the agreement pushed by the Trump administration to avoid protracted litigation. Texas Tech also said it would remove material referencing race and national origin as admissions factors by September. The U.S. Supreme Court has repeatedly ruled that universities may consider race and admissions decisions to create a diverse class, but the programs must be narrowly tailored to pass judicial scrutiny. But Anthony Kennedy was the decisive fifth vote on those cases. Brett Kavanaugh, his former clerk who replaced him, has a very long paper trail and a long record of being antagonistic toward affirmative action. Court watchers across the ideological spectrum believe that affirmative action may face judicial repudiation before Trump's term is done. Number three, Treasury Department lawyers consulted with the White House General Counsel's office about the potential release of Trump's tax returns before House Democrats formally requested them. 
Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin had not previously revealed that the White House was playing any official role in the Treasury Department's decision on whether to release the returns. Mnuchin criticized Democrats for requesting them, saying they should be glad that Republicans didn't seek the tax returns of Democrats when the GOP controlled the House until the midterms. Democrats are asking for six years of Trump's returns using a federal law that says the Treasury Secretary, quote, shall furnish the records upon the request of Chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee or the Senate Finance Committee. The process is designed by law to be walled off from White House interference, in part because of corruption that took place during the Teapot Dome scandal of the 1920s. The law that's being used by Democrats was passed in 1924. It was passed because in the Warren Harding administration, Interior Secretary Albert Fall had leased Navy Petroleum Reserves to private companies without allowing any competitive bids. He would eventually go to jail for accepting bribes as part of the scheme, and lawmakers decided after it all blew up that they needed access to more information about the economic interests of top administration officials. Trump is the first president since Richard Nixon not to release his tax returns. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, April 10th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.